and welcome to Character Speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design, designed to spotlight passionate character educators who are walking the talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and today we're so blessed to have with us Christina Renz, an assistant principal and educator leader up in Canada. Welcome, Christina. Hi, thanks for having me today. Oh, absolutely. I understand it might be stepping you out of your comfort zone a little bit, so I'm pretty excited about helping you out with that. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, <laughs> I think it's taking me a lot out of my comfort zone, um, so I'm really excited to do this. Um, I grew up uh, on a farm in a, in a really small town in northern Alberta, uh, which is on the west side of Canada. And I think growing up on a farm uh, really taught me about hard work and being on a team and um, working through hardships. I think it, it gives you the opportunity to see how your life depends on the weather. And um, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to have a life dependent on something you can't control. And um, I would say that my parents are, are my role models. Uh, my dad um, is probably the biggest influence in my life, and he taught me about leadership. He was really level-headed and calm and a great listener. Um, and I lost my dad one year uh, before I became an assistant principal. Um, and I think my mom taught me about perseverance. So... Um, just being able to fight through the hardships. Uh, she lost a brother to suicide. She lost a child um, all before she was 30. Um, now she's lost a husband, both her parents, and she's amazing. She, she has survived and um, just continues to move on and support my sister and I in everything that we do. Um, I have an older sister who is also a teacher um, and a niece and a nephew who are pretty much my life. Um, I taught a year in England and then I came back home to Canada and I taught nine years. I, I mostly taught um, high school math, but as many new teachers experience, I uh, had the opportunity to teach a lot of other things like foods, cosmetology, um, leadership and sciences and a bunch of different stuff. Um, into the leadership role, I got a, a tap on the shoulder from an assistant principal who kind of saw something in myself that I probably didn't see right away, um, gave me a gentle push and said, I think you should get your master's and, and maybe try out this leadership thing. And, um, and from there, it kind of took off. Um, I think part of really um, the thing that I, I, I most um, believe about the leadership role is, is building relationships. Um, and I, I think that um, part of what that assistant principal saw in me is, is the relationships that I was able to draw out in kids and and different grades. It was a six to 12 school and I taught grade six. I taught grade 12 um, back to back. So I would have to teach the grade six one thing and then half an hour later have grade 12s and be able to switch what I was doing and still have those relationships. And um, 
switching schools to a nine to 12 school and still being able to switch from a really high academic class to um, the kids that weren't so academic. And then as I taught at that school for four years, I switched to mainly non-academic um, just because of of my ability to work with those kids who just needed relationships and they were some of the best kids. They always had your back and um, some of the best times were those kids in, in those roles. And um, I think using humor and, and being vulnerable with, with those relationships has, um, has done me well in, in moving on into a leadership role. So, from there, um, I moved from a high school into an elementary school, and that was a, a huge jump for me. Um, I was not really sure I wanted to do it. I told human resources, ah, I don't think so. No, thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, no I don't you. want. I, I don't want that. <laughs> do you know that they pick their noses and that's gross? Uh, <laughs> They said, just give it a try. And I had worked with, um, I had partnered with a grade four teacher with my grade 12s um, the year, that year going into it. And, and my principal at the time said, you should see her with the grade fours. I think she'll be fine. Um, so it was, it was a big jump and, and quite different. And I think one of the first classes I went into was kindergarten. I'm like, oh, Oh, grade 12 to kindergarten. No problem. <laughs> I can do this. And uh, it, it, and it, I think it's, uh, especially in a leadership role, it's, it's not about, it's not so much about the content. It, it is about the relationships. You can, you can go from a high school, an elementary, a middle school, as long as you're building those strong relationships with the kids, with the adults and, and the content will come you'll you'll learn how to teach somebody to read or teach somebody what um, a high school math class or or physics class is like or the, that content but as long as you have those relationships I, I think that will suit somebody well um, just moving into a leadership role Wow oh my gosh as you were talking I was making so many connections with you. And I, I know we don't know each other well. We've just met on Twitter, but I also grew up on a farm. So I was listening to the roots, you know, just that work ethic. And just, you mentioned things like perseverance and and calm and, and listening. Of course, if your dad was a farmer, he had to be a great listener um, because, you know, you're making a living on the land. And then as you talked about your family, I could hear your smile just talking about nieces and nephews and connections and then thinking about, wow, being a leader, a teacher, a leader, and an educator at, at all the grade levels, K through 12, it sounds like you just have had a vast opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah, and <laughs> I think um, being in our school division is um, – it's really a neat division because we we kind of horseshoe around a major city. Um, we we come a horseshoe around the city of Calgary in Alberta, and um, so we have lots of we have some K to twelve schools, 
we have uh, nine to 12 schools, we have so many different configurations. And, and so as a leader, you get the opportunity to go into different um, schools and, and see those different types of um, configurations and, and have those opportunities with kids. And um, I've, <laughs> I, I'm a little nervous about going into a, a middle school, but then I, <laughs> I, I listened to the last podcast you get, the guy that you had on, and I was like, well, maybe I could do a middle school. <laughs> yeah, that's Joshua. He's grade <laughs> yeah. six, seven, and eight, and you know, you get some hormones in there, and you get some kids who who think they know everything. You know, um, that's that's a lot. But I feel like if you've done kinder and you've done twelfth grade you'd probably, you know, soar in, in those, middle, those middle grades. And again, I think you nailed it when you said it's all about relationships because I, I would just contend that they're all just little kids even though their bodies get bigger. Absolutely. I think part of, um, of the, the great experience as an administrator or a teacher is um, having those opportunities for kids to come back and share with you things that they've been doing. And um, being a high school teacher most of my life, you get to see it right away um, because two years or three years down the line, they've gone to university or college and, and you run into them and, and they come back right away. I When you're a kindergarten teacher or grade one teacher, it takes them a little while to get into the world and realize, wow, you know what, that person had a big impact in my life. But being at this school, um, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with a principal who's been at this school for 16 years. And, and in this last year, has had three or four students come back and say, you've really impacted my life. And, and that has been so powerful to see that this, this is such an, an amazing job that kids do come back and say, yeah, you know what, those relationships that you had. And, and it's not, it's generally not the kids that were getting 90% or, you know, it's those tough kids that you've had in your office that you spend hours with and talking with and saying, here's these opportunities to learn from the things that, that are not, not going well for you. And, um, I mean, you do, you do see the ones that are doing well, but it, it's those kids that are the rough kids that you think, gosh, it's so great to see how well you've come around and, and we've played a part in that. Yes. Um, you mentioned about the farm and being dependent upon the weather. And when you take that weather metaphor and you think about being the rainbow in somebody's cloud or the sun showers in somebody's storm, um, I wonder how that extends, you know, from your farm background all the way into, man, I made a difference in a kid who was really in the midst of some sort of a tsunami in his life. And it's, it's so different, I think, as, as an educator, being in a high school, it's, those kids come with such emotions, but you can have such a, an impact and a, and a real conversation of these are the things that you need to, to do in your life and immediately when, 
when you have those conversations with somebody who's six years old, it's generally not their control. Mm-hmm. They, their their parents or their home situation or those things that are happening around them, they have less control over. And I feel like in my heart, I, I take home a lot more hurt, I think, on my heart, knowing that there's less that I can can help that kid with um, because I can't, they can't control what's happening to them as much as somebody who is 16 or 17 can, can change what they're doing for themselves. Um, but a six or seven year old has to really work more on that, how they're controlling their emotions and what they can do for themselves um, despite what's happening around them. And, and I think that's the hardest part. And don't you think regardless of age, you're basically a hope dealer? Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. This is going to circle me to something you said earlier. Um, I think because you brought it up, I'm going to go to this if it's okay. You've lost an uncle, I guess you said, by suicide. Yes. How does that impact your work? Because you know firsthand the importance of mental wellness and well-being and self-care. And, and I don't need you to delve into particulars with his situation, but surviving suicide is a whole nother ball game, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I was very young. So I think, um, in particular, I think, um, mental wellness in schools has come such a far way. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, um, for all of us in schools, the movement towards mindfulness and mental health awareness has is such a is so important because things that um, he maybe went through back then would never have been addressed because he would never have reached out. The things that they knew about back then um, were not like what they know now. Um, even when I was in school and, and any kind of mental health issues, um, I have, um, and, and I've read a, wrote about this in my blog about, um, I have an anxiety, um, disorder. I, you just don't talk about it because you just don't have that information. And now there's so much information about it. There's, there's ways that you can help and and having those opportunities for kids and um, being able to give information to parents about how they can support their kids and having that opportunity to give kids in a high school or a middle school, here's the resources that you can go to or here's a health professional that can help you um, that just wasn't around 20 years ago. Yeah. So I think we've come a huge jump and I think there's so much more to be done um, that it's just, it's just getting better for kids. And, and I just think that continuing to have those discussions um, is amazing. And I feel like on our staff in particular, because we've been very open up with our staff about these are important things and and I've been pretty open about my own struggles 
our whole staff is very open about their own and we have an open door policy and um, I think mental health is important and and our staff is very open about these are the struggles we're having and and we lean on each other and help each other through those times of the year that we all know that we have because they cycle through and report card times it's tough it's tough Especially if that's the child's purpose. We heard a speaker the other day said, some kids, like their why, why do they come to school? Some kids, it's like for the grade. Well, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty um, tenuous purpose, right? Absolutely. So you're talking about vulnerability. I love that. That's my one word this year. And I'm really learning a lot. I'm really cautious now about my one word because my one word is always put to the test. But vulnerability, if you're allowing your staff, inviting them, um, even encouraging them to, to be vulnerable, it seems like you probably have a pretty strong climate of trust. Our staff is, I can't speak highly enough of them. They are amazing. We, um, I, our school is a primary years program, which is an I be an international baccalaureate school and um, we are the only one in our school division and only one of three um, in southern Alberta so we don't have a lot of support um, with schools around us. Um, In the United States there's lots more and and in northern Alberta there's quite a few more but um, it's a lot to ask of teachers on top of what they're doing. Um, we ask them to plan in a different way. We ask them to present material in a different way. And they they take on that challenge. Um, they're doing so much more and and they do it openly and, and they really care about what and how they're doing things. Um, if we say this is something new, they say, all right, let's do it. If the school board says um, we're thinking about going to this in a couple of years, they say let's let's get on it now because if it's coming down the pipe, we might as well be the first ones. And wow. and they're they are just they are phenomenal. I I've never seen a school like this. It's it's pretty it's a pretty amazing place. <laughs> so you probably have somebody that you would like to shoulder tap. Um, you said somebody tapped you on the shoulder to get you into leadership. Have, are you kind of picking your next leaders? Are, are you going to be that shoulder tapper someday soon? Maybe you already have. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I feel like I do it every year. And and there's one person in particular I think I tap every every five minutes. Oh, and, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so how about now? What about now? And uh <laughs> I think I finally convinced this person, uh, and I, I won't say oh, who it is because they might listen, but um, <laughs> I think I convinced this person that maybe they're on their way, that um, uh, it's just it's just about a life balance, I think, and that's, that's tough, um, and convincing them that <laughs> there's never a good time, you just got to jump. <laughs> it's like having kids, right? There's never a good time to do it, you just got to do it. <laughs> Yep, you're gonna know when it's time. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, um, just a little 
nudge in the right direction. And um, I think that's the great part about our staff. I think you could you could nudge pretty much anybody on our staff and say, I think this is good for you. I think you should try this. And um, but then you start losing good people. <laughs> Well, unless you have spots for them on your campus, yeah. That's hard to let them go, but when you can, yes. you know, encourage them to spread their wings and then they get out of their comfort zones so you know that they're stretching and, and learning and, and flying into another campus, that's such a blessing if you can encourage that and cheer that on. Yes. Okay, now it's time for self-care. How are you caring for Christina when you're so busy caring for so many others and possibly practicing mindfulness to help with, you know, your own anxiety? Um, I think this is, this is a, everyone is so different and, and I'm, I'm pretty much an introvert. So after most days I'm, I'm pretty much exhausted. So I'll, I'll watch hockey or baseball on TV and then just head to bed. So pretty much for me, my self-care is making sure that I take the time to go out and visit with my friends or um, play with my nieces and nephews or see my three little sisters go work out. So um, my self-care is making sure I go out into the world, which is <laughs> is probably the opposite to most people where they should take time to themselves. Um, I My self-care is making sure that I spend that time with other people to re-energize and, and to remember that um, those people in my life are there to support and, and they are so amazing because they are there a hundred percent of the time to, um, be with me and, and challenge me and, and make sure that I have everything I need. And, um, and my little niece is exactly like me. And that, that reminds me to, uh, give my mom a hug and say, Ooh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Okay, you brought up a great point because I'll just put it out there that I'm kind of an extrovert. I do have introvert tendencies, and sometimes I just want to stay home and and not be as social. But as an introvert, what would you say you need different to an extrovert who might be a teaching partner or, I don't know, the mom or dad of one of your students I know we don't often amplify introverts' voices, and I want you to speak for, speak for your tribe. <laughs> I think um, I think the the nice thing about for me, I just like to have my space and my my time. So having an admin partner um, who understood that. Um, I'm getting a new admin partner. I've I've had the same admin partner for four years, and and we worked extremely well together. And and him to understand, like, um, I just need some space, so I'm I'm gonna go do my thing in classrooms and and just take that time to re-energize or to be around people. And and I don't think. Um, as an introvert at work, it, it doesn't really come out. It's more being at home when that time is just to, ah, and not to push 
to push like, hey, let's go out and let's do all these things because that's fun. No, thank you. <laughs> no, that's thanks. hilarious. I'll, because I'll, just, I'll just stay home. <laughs> yes, extro- extroverts get their energy from other people. But what you're saying is introverts might be getting their energy from some solace or a little solitude. Yes, yes pretty important for us to keep in mind as we individualize too with our students just that idea that it's not one size fits all and yes. um and that we need to be sensitive to that right yes okay my friend our time is almost over will you tell the listeners how they can connect with you um find you possibly on social media um grow and stretch and get out of that comfort cocoon a little bit with you Yes. Um, I, I actually have, I, I was waiting for your like, what's next question? Um, because you brought up an important part before about your, um, your one word. Um, and, and I always kind of look at your, my new year's resolution doesn't happen in January. It kind of happens in August because I, I pretty much run August to August instead of January to January. So my word this year is challenge. Um, and so I'm going to challenge myself to try new things. And, um, so this has been a huge part of it. Um, and I, I think, um, change with a new principal this year has given me that opportunity and the relationships that I have with, um, my friends, my family, and the people around me has given me the courage to do that. Um, so people can follow me on Twitter and that's at A-P-K-R-E-N-T-Z. So at A-P-K-R-E-N-T-Z. Um, and there you can find my blog, um, is rentsreflections.wordpress.com. Um, and I kind of just, uh, I write my ramblings. Um, I, of course, um, I probably said I was a math teacher, so writing was never my, my strong suit. And that has been a challenge for me. And what I'm going to keep challenging myself to do is to continue to write more because I would really like to write a book um, one day. And so that is part of my challenge this year to myself too, is to um, continue to write. So challenge from August to August, that's my, that's my word. I love that educators get two new years and I've been saying happy new year and shaking hands in my trainings and some people are looking at me like, okay, you know that it's August, right? But we do, we get a chance to set two one words if we want to. So vulnerability was mine for the year, but mine for the school year is going to be hopeful because I really have connected to the idea that we're hope dealers and if we can leave people as they leave our presence with the hope possibly that things will get better or that, um, you know, dreams do come true. I love the idea of challenge. And so you jumped ahead. What's next is the book. Do you have a book title? Um, or possibly I, <laughs> I have two kind of ideas. Um, I think, um, I would really like to, my topic, I would really like to talk about relationships and how to have a strong team. Um, I think that has been really powerful and 
um, for me. But I also really loved the PL and pajamas. Oh, <laughs> so, <yes. laughs> so somehow, I don't know how, but <laughs> I really love that idea. So uh, PL and pajamas is a good book title. So if anybody wants to steal that, go ahead. Because I think that uh, I would really like to write about um being a strong team and, and what that does and, and what that means because relationships really are where my heart is, I think, for that. I can hear that coming through every every word that you're sharing with us. I actually wasn't able to write my book title until I finished, and she said, no, you write the title last, my publisher. And so we actually pulled the title from something that I had written in the body and I had said, and then you'll find out what's under your cape. And then she said, okay, that's it. That's the book title, What's Under Your Cape. And I never would have started with a book titled What's Under Your Cape, but it ended up being kind of fitting because I had been talking about superheroes and it, it just kind of came. So hold on to that title, but you might even have one that gets stronger <laughs> as you put pen to paper and and share those reflections. I can't wait. I want I want one of your first copies. I'll I'll totally buy it and it'll cost an arm and a leg to send it to America, but but I'll I'll pay for sure. Oh, I'll fly down for it. It's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Our time is over. I want to thank you so so much, Christina. What a blessing that you would challenge yourself to find the magic outside of your comfort zone and speak with us today. Um, wow. Uh, wow. That's all I can say. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for helping me along my way and, and, uh, part of my first challenge for this year. Check it off. I want to, um, remind everybody that this podcast is supported by ProSign Design, a family owned business dedicated to character, safety, and organization. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next week as we continue the conversation about character education, connections, and life. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you like what you heard. And always remember, character